this episode of Culture and Cigars. I'm your host, Alicia Holland. I want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening and subscribing. I appreciate y'all's support. Today I got some guests with me. We're going to talk about the evolution of the church. Uh, y'all introduce y'all, so. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Michael Trench. We uh, have the chosen ones. Clarksville, Tennessee. Good evening. My name is Reverend Harry Sherrill, associate minister at Calvary Missionary Baptist Church here in Clarksville. Okay, uh, so give us a little, little background information on y'all. Uh, I'm originally from Springfield, been here in Clarksville, a uh, member of Calvary now, where we all belong. I think two or three of us all belong there. Uh, minister of Music over at Calvary, man. Uh, enjoy you guys on Sunday morning. I just want to say that. Put it on record. I enjoy you guys on Sunday morning, man. You guys are missing. I miss you guys. <laughs> I'll tell you that. But uh, yeah, yeah. So let's just a little bit about me. Like I said, I believe the same with Chosen Brothers. Uh, we've been saying for eight years now. Uh, it's nominated for a stellar this year. Uh, look forward to going back next year. We got a new album that's going to be dropping probably within the next six to seven months. So we're looking out for that. Pretty much is it about me. All right. Well, um, I've been preaching about seven years. Just July, matter of fact, this will be seven years. Uh, originally from Chicago, associate medicine. Everywhere, done everything. The rest choir. It's fine to everything. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it, but we're down here at Up and Smoke Cigar Lounge on 109 Hatcher Lane. Uh, okay, so let's get into this evolution of the church. Uh, we were discussing a few things before we started recording. So, do you feel that there's a change in the church that's going on? Because I, I, I see a lot of young preachers posting stuff about there's a shift in the church and stuff. And what do y'all feel about that? Me personally, I mean, you can see the change. I mean, as nowadays, you don't really see as many, especially in the Baptist church, uh, you don't see as many young folks as you used to be. I remember growing up, even if mom didn't go to church, Grandma made sure me and my sisters was at the church. And we was at church, in church. You know what I'm saying? So nowadays, you know, I'm not even getting so much on the parenting side of it, but we was made to go to church, you know? So nowadays, uh, parents are even younger. Uh, so that means, you know, it's more lackadaisical you know, <clears throat> pushing your child to be in church, to stay in church. And we see the difference. I mean, look at the world today, man. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy nowadays, man. More young folks are dying. Young folks are killing, robbing, stealing, whatever the case may be. So you can definitely see where the church is lacking uh, in the community, man. But if we get back to what it used to be, I think, man, this world would be a better place. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of agree with what Mike said. Um, my thing is, it's time thing. I think sometimes you put that on the timetable. I remember growing up, we were in church, early service, Sunday school, morning worship, all day, you know, afternoon, somebody had a musical. Mm-hmm. But it's like now, nowadays, you know, we started to love it. We want to be out by 12, 15. And sometimes I don't think we spend enough time because we spend eight hours at a job or anywhere else we want to go. But when it comes to church, we want to knock it in and knock it out. my back. But what can't you argue? Well, at least those eight hours I'm getting paid. <laughs> but you get you get 
Hey, you go to church. Hey, hey, you know, you know, you know, serve the Lord. Hey, 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 wow. Wow. Okay, so uh, I don't know because I'm. I, I guess I'm one of the type like I like a short service. <laughs> I don't, it's not that I don't want to be in church. It's just like, I feel like if it's too drawn out, like, you know, I don't know. I just feel like. Now, I'll say this. Now, I like how if the service is going to be long, make it a good long service. Exactly. If the spirit is there, exactly. I understand. Man, if we just draw a service out, everybody just talking, everybody will do testimonies, whatever the case may be, like, then that's when, you know, it's when everybody be restless or. The pastor or preacher, whoever was preaching, they bring a message that day is all subjects just talking about anything. Yeah. Now, I don't, yeah, I don't want to sit here and listen to you for an hour. You just talk about everything. You all over the Bible. Now, if you are there giving to us, like if you preach about, I can sit there and listen to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's the difference to me. It's powerful if it's, if it's in there, but you just have announcements. Oh, yeah. Or you just want to say 30 minutes of your pastoral remarks. And you just gonna fuss at us and beat us up. I don't like that. You know yeah. what? I don't like those fussy preachers, man. Yeah. I don't like that, man. Like the pulpit is not meant for that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? As a pastor, I understand sometimes you gotta, gotta come across. You gotta let your yeah. um, congregation know. But I don't like the fussiness. And I think it takes a lot of people out of the spirit. It takes a lot of people out of the service. And I think it kind of puts a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not gonna come at all. You know what I'm saying? So. Don't fuss us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, there's no, okay, yeah, we need to pick up the paper. I can keep this. All right, that's fine. You got to do a whole sign of that. Yeah. I pick up the paper. Right. Come on, Ray. We got you, man. So, how do y'all feel about, we talk about the evolution of the church. How do you feel about the preaching? Do you feel like it's, it's changing for the better, changing for the worse. Well, I think preaching, I think it's twofold. You know, you have some that are better. And then my biggest pet peeve is the ones who do my lines. Uh-huh. So, you know, I don't think we, we're up, you know, probably, you know, we're up 20, 35 minutes. And, and I feel if I have to listen to you preach, I think you need to quit working on mm-hmm. Even before you get Jesus to, to the cross. And so all this naming and claiming, all of it balling and all of this stuff, that's okay. But at the preaching hour, your people have come to be fed. Mm-hmm. And when you feed them garbage, it's you know, it's taken away and it's not preaching now, it's more of a performance. Mm-hmm. I think just you know, I mean y'all see it differently as ministers and me looking from drums and looking from the congregation. I see it as like back then. I remember growing up with listening to my granddad, like the older preachers. They didn't go to school. They didn't go to school, but they were spirit-fed preachers. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember, like granddad, I mean, he tells a story like he couldn't read before he got called to the ministry. I mean, he could read, but you know, he had a fifth-grade education. So as he got into the ministry, you know, he. Found himself, you know what I'm saying, reading and all that. Back then it was different, man. You know, it was totally different. So now it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, degree preachers, you know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of more, it's a lot more technical now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So preachers are actually digging in the text. They can break stuff down, you know what I'm saying? I like it now. I liked it back then because it was spirit fed. 
it's more so learned. I guess I don't know if it's more so when I'm getting older, but now it's those basic scriptures. I can see the detail of the scripture. Like I can see the layers of the scripture. Like, oh, okay, this is what it actually means. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like you said, it's twofold. But like, I like it then, I like it then. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, preaching is preaching. At the end of the day, if you're preaching, you preach. Yeah. If you've been talking, you just talk. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's the difference. So. I mean, I mean, I can take it, you know, as it is, man. I, I don't have no problem with preaching. Now, what I don't like, um, and we've all seen, we've all witnessed it, ministers don't really take it serious, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, at the end of the day, you're feeding somebody. Yeah. And if you come to my house and if I'm going to cook for you, I want to make sure my food is good yeah. at the end of the day. I don't want you leaving my house saying, like, man, I ain't eat that because he can't cook. Yeah. The same thing in the pulpit. Like, yeah. I want you to eat what I'm telling you. So if I'm going to give you something, I want you to fill you up. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm going to preach, I want you to be able to take something with you. Like, hey, I got something from it. You know what I'm saying? So, And I think, man, uh, maybe a lot of young ministers or whatever the case may be, a lot of ministers new to the ministry, uh, they're not taking it as serious as it should be. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's what bothers me with it. Not, not the least, which I'm, I think me and you, we talk about it a lot. You know, I'm still like, you know, I'm from Chicago. Uh-huh. And, you know, I think how folk, you know, I'm never a person that will question your calling to preach. But it's like when I accepted my calling to preach in 2007, I went through kind of like what my mother in law would call an apprenticeship. And then we had to learn the church inside and out. How do you, you know, how do you feel about it? Because, like, now, like, down here, you know, what I've seen is, like, okay, um, you're called to preach, and then, and I'm just exaggerating, like, next Sunday, uh, you're giving a try to something. I, you know, what, what's your, I know this is your show, but yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I want you to wait on that. Well, but, like, with me, I, I accepted my calling. July, and I preached my first sermon in September. So it's like I could see, I feel like like my brother, he says he thinks you should wait a year because your first sermon, it, you know, you shouldn't treat the congregation as guinea pigs because, you know, you're just testing stuff out because somebody could be saved from your first sermon. So I feel like people should wait. But like, I, I kind of get why the older generation they didn't say that because like, who can question God? Like, mm-hmm. if you say you call from God, who am I to hold you back from preaching? Like, if you feel like you call to preach, I should go on and step out of the way and let God. God really calls you to preach. But see, as that pastor, you know, if you're preaching in error, you know, y'all help me out. You know, pastor, you're held accountable. Yeah. You know, because you over God's people. Yeah. Because like when I first got started, I had this on my mind. And we had to dissect that stuff. It's good, it's bad, it's good. All right, you did good. Okay, here's the next one. You dissect that. Do you think we should go? Do you think, you know, we would have better preachers if we, you know, if we kind of went to that? You know, we went to that. You think it was I think that would be great. Instead of letting them 
step out of the water. Like, all right, you say you can swim, get in the water. Mm-hmm. Nah, like, let's teach you how to swim. You know what I'm saying? Okay, even before you try something, like I said, y'all come from a different standpoint than me, but even notice, like, with a lot of trial preachers, you know, or the trial sermons, um, you notice that it's not really, you don't really know how to preach. You know what I'm saying? And then, I don't know if you ever really just learn how to preach or if this comes to you, but on that first sermon, it should be like a sit down, like, okay, let's do this. Like, instead of you just coming up with your own topic, I'm just gonna see what you got. No, let me sit down with you. All right, like, let me see. Now you should do this. Hey, there's a point that you should put in here. Hey, here's your three points. Whatever you should do, you know what I'm saying? I think I think that would help, man. And well, that would that point from. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, basically like test that mind. Like, see where it comes from. Okay, well, how did you get this from that? You know what I'm saying? And then break it down to them. I think that would help a lot of preachers, man, in going forward. Like you have that first step of knowing what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. Somebody sat out with me on my first son and showed me, okay, for my first one, I should be able to build and I should be able to grow. Mm-hmm. And you got a lot of preachers that preach their first sermon. You hear that tip sound, this is like the first one. Yeah. Yeah, it's been yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, where's the growth? You know what I'm saying? Who's showing you? Yes, sir. But for, for me, I, I had to turn in my first sermon and my pastor away, Dr. Wilson L. Williams. He read it, and then after he read it, uh, he, I, 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 I submitted on the first one. He's like, nah, work on it a little bit more. Then I, I submitted the second one. He was like, okay, I think you're ready. We're going to set you up today. That's how mine's were. But do you feel like the reason why we feel the way we feel is because now the congregations are more educated than back then? Because like you said, like back then, it was you just went to school and then straight after high school, even middle school, you went straight to working. Right. So now you got people going to colleges with degrees, not not so more not not that it's just the preachers that got degrees, but some of the congregation got degrees too. And so now like you can't just go up there and just be saying some one liners or saying some, some stuff that'll get us some eight bands because they want they want something that they want some substance. Well I don't you know, I think and I think me and you agree to disagree. I think our our audiences are getting younger and younger. And sometimes in the fact they can really care less about Greek people. Yeah. You know, what this meant in Greek people. They want a word that'll get them from Sunday Saturday. Um, and book make sure, you know, for the educated people who actually reads just as much, if not more, than we do, you, you want to make sure you're on point. Uh-huh. And so in the pew, I want to make sure you know, you're on point and you at least flowing what you're talking about. Uh-huh. I, think, I, I think even so, so if, I mean, if you just look at the times, back then, growing and granted, it was hard times. Mm-hmm. So when they went to church to hear that God would make a way, they needed that. Yeah. Going through slavery, going through not being able to provide for their families, working, Sun up and sun down for $10, $15 a day, possibly. They needed that God would make a way. So now, times are easy. Everybody's got jobs or whatever the case may be. It's not so hard. We know God will make a way. What else do I need to know about the Bible? So now, the cliche stuff, as you were saying, like the cliche stuff, it's not getting over anymore. So it's, I wouldn't say it's so much as the, the, the audience is more educated, but now it's more like 
our problems are different than grown. So you telling me that Job suffered and you know what I'm saying, he held out. Okay, that's fine. What else do I need to know? You know what I'm saying? Tell me about self. You know what I'm saying? Tell me about somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Tell me something else that I need to know. It's a lot, man. And, and me personally, I don't read the Bible like I should, but I know those basic scriptures. So when I hear something that I haven't heard before, that sticks to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I never heard about her. I never heard about him. I never knew this story. You know what I'm saying? So now I think it's it's more so reaching people in the time that we are today. Now people are struggling because racism, racism is coming back, whatever the case may be. But now people need to really hear, like, hey, like, with all the death that's going on, uh, I had, I matter of fact, I brought up a subject on, on Facebook the other day um, about suicide. I mean, and I call all kind of different, you know what I'm saying, different hypes about it, like, well, God understands, you know what I'm saying, I think you have a chance for repentance. Well, me, like I said, not really reading about it like I should. I'm just looking at the Ten Commandments. Thou should not kill. You know what I'm saying? So God said that. You know what I'm saying? So how does that work? So, you know, and get it from a preacher, he broke it down to me. So I think, man, I think we really just need um, the time to change. So, you know, people need more than what's, what used to work. It's not working. It's not that it's not working, but we need more than that. We need that and something. You know that. Uh, how will he make a way? How will he? Right. I know he will. But how will he? Grandma said the same thing. Look, Grandma died broke. Grandma died still. Had, so how I know he'll make I know he will. But how will he? You know what I'm saying? What is he going to do? You know what I'm saying? Is he going to just give me strength and endure that? Is he going to cure me? You know what I'm saying? So I think it's more so now. It's just the point of I think going more deep. back in the day, it was more encouragement. Right. Make a way. So it's like now in our generation, how? Yeah. yeah. I got these bills in front of me. Right. 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 They're about to foreclose on my house. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. So how, how, how do you feel about, like, you know, we, it's, it's, it's this thing, you know, generational stuff they call millennials and stuff. They want church in a new way. Do you feel like we should get rid of some of the old traditions or should we keep them? Because now they got traditional worship service and contemporary worship service. Um, I don't, you know, that's the stuff that brought us through and brought us over. Prime example, you know, if I was to ever pastor, no matter what church I'm pastor, I would never take away devotion. Ever. You know, praise and worship has its place. Uh, but devotion, in my opinion, that's you inviting God. In. You know, that sets the tone pretty much for the preaching. So, yeah, you know, some stuff, you know, some stuff we can grab to the millennials, but some stuff we need to just keep it happy. You know, and devotion is one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devotion, responsive reading, yeah, we need to keep that. And altar call, altar yeah, I've been to absolutely. They don't need to do altar call. Yeah. You gotta have that. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's looking for that moment. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that don't it's a lot of people that won't say nothing in front of people, but they look for that moment to where you can go to the altar, secret prayer, you know what I'm saying? You go to the altar, you leave it there. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of people that that's not that won't get up and testify, whatever the case may be, but it's a lot of people when they go to the altar, they say their prayer, leave, you know, leave their birds there, whatever the case may be. So that's something that I feel like, man, that you gotta have in church. I don't mind change. Uh, me personally, like even with our music, 
I don't like the basic quartet. I'm not gonna say I don't like it. I, I wouldn't say that. My style isn't the basic quartet. So the quartet that your mama listen to, that's not my style. You know what I'm saying? I like something different. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to hear me and then be like, oh, they sound like such and such. I don't want that. So yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't I don't mind change, but in that change, I still have a basis of my sound that's quartet. So you know what I'm saying? So don't just change it just to be changing. Like, have a reason that you change it. I'm taking devotion out for what? You got to push it. Right. What are you putting in place of devotion? Praise and worship, praise and worship is cool. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> but I like devotion. I'm, before we, I'm not against it. <laughs> Let me put that in there. I'm more so traditional. Yeah. In church, yeah. I'm traditional. Yeah. I won't, because like you said, man, give me that old time religion. Glory, glory. That man, that feels good to me. Yeah. Now, every praise, I like it. It's cool, but it don't give me the same feeling. You know what I'm saying? I don't get the same feeling. You want to feel like I've been in church? Yeah, and that sets the tone, man. Yeah. Like I said earlier, when y'all miss, when y'all miss church, like you know, when y'all start church out, you can tell it's a total difference in the whole service. Now, I mean, that sets the tone. You know what I'm saying? So, like you said, like you said, devotion sets the tone for the whole service. If devotion is weak, I ain't said service is weak. We struggle. We struggle through service because that's what gets people off there. Like, oh man, that gets some people look something to look forward to. Like, oh, church is a good day. Sorry, oh, it's gonna be a rough day. And that's that's just a mental thing. I'm like that on the drums. You know what I'm saying? Trying to push the choir. So I mean, it's hard, man. So devotion is needed. All the calls needed. That's half time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we gotta pull through the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how do y'all feel about the the music? Like we talking about the evolution. How you feel like? Cause I could, I'm either I like the old hymns, but I sort of kind of like the the new songs too. It, it's not like it's more. It's not piano. It's more like guitars and all that kind of stuff. I kind of like that stuff too. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, I think a lot of stuff that's come out now, you know, I think some of it doesn't, most of it doesn't have any substance. It doesn't have any substance. Not so much, you know, not so much scripture based, but no substance. And then some of the stuff that's out now, we have to kind of guess who, you know, who they talking about because they've taken God and Jesus and Lord and they put He and Him in. So it's like, who was him? Where was he? And there was a song that was in um, Chicago called uh, Rendezvous. And it was supposed to be a, a church song. And and it was like, you know, you, we all wear those. We know what a rendezvous is. So it's kind of like, if I don't know you guys, think like you have one night stand with the Lord. Yeah. You know, or a one night stand. Yeah. So, you know, we got to be kind of careful yeah. on that. You know, I like to hear an organ and a piano now and again, mm-hmm. and not a beat machine. When I listen, you know, when I listen to yeah. them, so yeah. And I mean, we had an opportunity to decide with one of the biggest labels known, and that's what they wanted to do. And we're quartet, but not traditional quartet, but we're quartet to heart. I gotta say, good God, Almighty, and I gotta say, thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So I gotta say that in every song. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a must. And uh, to get the deal, they want to change their style. They want to change their sound like, all right, we like your style, but we want to take out 
Jesus of God. The end of the day, to me, if I'm talking about you, I need to say your name. Like, I, you know what I'm talking about if I'm just saying, like, him, her, like he said, he, him. Who is him? Who is he? You know what I'm saying? So, in reference to God, I needed God, you know what I'm saying? Let it know. So, I couldn't do that deal, man. I just, I just couldn't do it because that's not me. You know what I'm saying? That's not my style. Like I said, I gotta have a good God mind. I'm gonna give you a good God mind in, in every song, just about. You know Y'all ain't saying to Ranch, you gonna squall. I'm you gotta want to have it, man. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. So, I, I don't know, man. Even, I like the new music. I do. I like the, I like the sound of it, like the style of it. But, like I said, I need something that's gonna help me through the week. Yeah. I like to hear a song that, if I'm, son, I hear something Sunday, come Wednesday. I want to be able to sing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going through something. I can sing what I heard Sunday. It's going to help me. Not just feel good to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it feels good, but I need help. You know what I'm saying? Like, God, yo, man, I need help. I know you got me. And I think we're looking more of a beat these days. Yeah. You know, if it's catchy. Right. You know, we can tap to it. And I think that's, I think that's why folks who have platinum records and stuff like that, that's why they have it because it's catchy. It's catchy, but no substance. And then two minutes of ministry music, you know, I can I can almost see the backside of that. So I look at it from two ways. So it's ministry music. I don't want to sing something. Even though, okay, I like the feel of the like the older songs, but I know if we sang too many old songs on Sunday, it's gonna be a dry service. So I gotta make sure I put in a song or two that's gonna catch somebody's ear offhand. You know what I'm saying? So that feel good music. So okay, so all right, so I, I gotta see both sides. So yeah, just hear me say that it almost made me like kind of gay what I said, but you gotta have that too, you know what I'm saying? Especially in a new day, trying to catch the younger audience, uh trying to catch somebody that's not been in church. Like me, I've been in church, so I can sit there and listen to the old song. That's fine with me, you know what I'm saying? As we hear all the time, Mike, you need to get out of the box. And that's the box that I grew up in, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm used to. But I gotta realize that the music, music, when we go to choir rehearsal, when we come to church on Sunday, it's not just people that's been in church all their life. It's not just people that's always been. So when they hear something that sounds like something they're used to, it might be like, you know, outstanding or whatever the case may be. Oh, I still catch somebody, so, you know? So, yeah, so I understand that too. You know, it's what's in this, what's in Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I kind of. I don't know, I kind of like the, uh, the <laughs> praise and worship because it, it's like when I went to a church and like it wasn't traditional, it was more contemporary. Like they didn't have the devotion, they had the praise and worship, then they had the fellowship, then they had two more songs, and then it was preaching. I was like, this is my kind of service. Like, you know, you know we getting to the point because, like, you know, I, I like the songs and the songs was. It was about praising God, and then we get to the Word, and then he preached, and then like when he preached, here's another thing. How do you feel? Because some churches, they have like, I don't know if y'all know, they have like a time clock in the back. So when the priest, who's ever in the front, like they got a certain amount of time to sing their songs, because it's like, they got multiple service, so they got to be in and out. So, like, how do you feel about that, like, time clock? I don't think you can really get in tune like that. You know, if I, if I as a singer, me personally, 
Sometimes I'll sing a song to I feel. You know what I'm saying? I know as preachers, I can see sometimes you you can preach it till you feel it. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm looking at the clock, I got three minutes to sing a song, and I don't feel it till two minutes and 20 seconds in, and I know I got to cut off in 40 seconds. I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't get into that. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I mean, I don't know how I really feel about that. Like, you know, either you're going to rush to get into your feeling or you just ain't going to feel it. You know what I'm saying? You're just going to sing a song. So, I don't, I don't think I can get into that, man. I'm... And then, too, like, you know, going back to the last topic, you got to look at the audience. You know what I'm saying? You got an older audience, older audiences. You got aunties and uncles and grandma and granddad. They don't want to hear the praise of the They're used to devotion. So once you get into that, you've lost them. You know what I'm saying? But then too, you got your young folks. When you get into devotion, they used to praise and worship. You've lost them. So it's just, you know, you got to give a little bit of both. You know what I'm saying? Not so one-dimensional, but being able to be diverse man, and reach who you guys sit down there at the time. You know what I'm saying? And even with me transitioning from the director's stand to pulpit, and like I've been watching you, you know, we'll do devotion. And you'll slide the praise of right. song. That's cool. Right. That's cool. But just you know, don't take out that, you know. My my thing is don't take out that devotion. Yeah, you know, yeah, we can, you know, we can sing since I laid my burdens down, and then we can lift our hands in the sanctuary. Yeah. You know, that's cool. Just you know, don't take out, don't dismiss the whole. Right. So dude, that's my you know, that's my whole thing. Okay. So um, how do you feel about Officers of the church, they like, I don't know, to me it seemed like it's a whole bunch of titles now. Like, back then it was just preachers, deacons, mothers. Now you got armor bearers, you got <laughs> minister of this, minister of that, minister of protocol. <laughs> it's just, it's so, so many titles, it seemed like, you know. I, I, me personally, I like going to a church where the preacher, he don't call himself pastor, he calls himself brother. How y'all feel? Crickets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you got to do you pastor's pastor. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm old school, man. I'm old school Baptist. I've always had pastors. I mean, I really honestly, man, just being real. I hear like about bishops and all of that because I was probably like 13, 14. So I'm like, what's the difference between a bishop and a pastor? You know what I'm saying? So, um, so I'm, you know, so, so I'm kind of like pastor's pastor. You know what I'm saying? So brother pastor, I have you want to call it whatever the case may be, but you still pastor. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, you sit on that pedestal, on that pedestal for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So you pastor. I understand that you want to be down there for the occasion, but no. Nah, you passed, you know, you picked out, yeah. You know, you said to, to, to be on that now, as far as other, you know, other titles that's going on, and over the past, I would say 10 15 years, everyone now has to have, have a time. Yeah. You know, you're the pastor of praise and worship, you know, you're the minister, you yeah, you're the youth know, pastor. We ain't had none of that, you know, day, and, you know, back in the day, and I'm older than both of y'all, we didn't have Jimmy Church, we had to catch it like a movie. Right. <laughs> you know, and you know, even in the church now, and I'm probably in trouble for this, but back in the day, you know, we didn't eat in church. 
you know, my mother didn't bring water and stuff. You you got the handful of peppermint and you filled up on that. <laughs> and then we got our church. And then you ate real food. It's like, damn. It's, it's, it's way out of hand. But at the end of the day, going back to your question, at the end of the day, we have to realize ourselves that in the kingdom and in the Bible of Christ, at the end of the day, we're all servants. Uh-huh. So, and I think a lot of times we miss that. Okay, uh, before we wrap it up, we're gonna make this a short interview. Uh, y'all got uh, any words of encouragement for somebody? Because I, I, I like to end it with like, try you know, inspire somebody. Yeah. Man, I'm just gonna keep trusting God, man. The world is full of evil, man. It's a lot of crazy people out here. Just continue to trust God, man. Um, how times get hard, you just gotta continue to trust God. Know that God can and God will. Whatever you're going through, just know that it never rains forever. You know, so just continue to trust God. Keep your hands in the gospel cloud. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not be weary and willing, for in due season you'll reap if you faint not. So keep on doing what God has called you to do. It's gonna get rough, it's gonna get weary, but don't stop. All right, thank y'all for coming on this podcast once again. Coach and Cigars, I'm your host, Demetrius Holland. Uh, thank you for those that subscribe and following me. Just thank you for your support. You can listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, as well as any podcast platform. And once again, we're in Up and Smoke Cigar Lounge or 109 Hatcher Lane here in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you. We're doing it for the coach. We'll be back. This is-